Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Us Anxious Folk podcast. My name is Lauren. I am your host and welcome to 2022. Finally, a new year, although things are still pretty crazy in Australia. Um, I'm sure wherever you are, it's the same, same thing. Um, But anyway, we um, just do what we can to get through, right? Today's episode is going to be something that I have not shared before, um, which is weird because I've been sharing a lot of vulnerable stuff on the internet for at least the last seven years. And I've spoken about this at length, but I've never actually shared the whole story of it. Um, I am going to be talking about my toilet anxiety story and there are a lot of places where my toilet anxiety story and my anxiety story intersect and overlap, but there, um, there's also a lot of places in which my toilet anxiety story just follows its own direction. (laughs) Um, and it is different from my anxiety story in a lot of ways. So I thought that I would go into that because I am currently writing an ebook on toilet anxiety, which will be available for download soon (laughs) I'm not going to give an exact date on that one being pregnant and already in the middle of another book deadline Um, but that is happening so the whole toilet anxiety thing is um, fresh in my brain shall we say so I thought that I would come on here and just share um, the whole thing from start to finish in terms of how it affected me and how it happened and developed for me I'm also doing something different today I am filming this for YouTube at the same time as recording it for audio. So we'll see how that goes. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not going to have my expectations too high because if I do, I will never get it done. Um, I feel like if you aim for perfection, it just doesn't happen, at least in my case. So just bear with me through all of this. Uh, but yeah, so basically if you've been with me for a while you'll know that when I say toilet anxiety what I am basically referring to is um, the fear of needing to go to the toilet that's how it manifests for me it is a sense of urgency as in I need to get to the toilet right now and then a fear of what's going to happen if I don't make it there in time and to someone who hasn't dealt with it it can sound like not such a big deal Uh, But to someone who suffers with it, I can tell you that it is a enormous um, drain on your life. It is something that you are constantly thinking about, constantly worrying about. And it's one of those things that the more you worry about it, the more it actually physically affects you and physically manifests in your body. So um, it really is a double edged sword and it's very difficult. (laughs) I know that toilet anxiety manifests differently for other people as well. Uh, I've heard that people say that for them it manifests as a fear of, um, you know, actually going to the toilet, like the sensation of opening their bowels or urinating uh, can, can cause them to have a panic attack. Or a lot of people are also worried about the fear of going to a public toilet or the fear of going to a toilet where someone can hear them. Um, you know, and that, that obviously can be extreme because then you can't go anywhere at all, really. (laughs) So yeah, there's that. But for me, it, it pretty much strictly manifests as, um, urgency and the fear of what's going to happen if I don't make it. 
and it can be for both um, ones and twos in my case. Uh, I am somebody who has a digestive disorder. I have IBS. Uh, it's diarrhea prominent. So you can have IBS C, which is constipation prominent. You can have IBS D, which is diarrhea prominent, or you can have IBS mixed, which is just a fun mix of them both. <laughs> but for me, it's definitely diarrhea prominent. I never really deal with constipation. So when you add a digestive disorder into the mix, which is exacerbated by anxiety, uh, and then uh, anxiety is also exacerbated by IBS, it makes toilet anxiety quite difficult to deal with because I am somebody who deals with loose bowels a lot, cramps, um, you know, flare-ups and that kind of thing. And so that can mean that, you know, if somebody says, don't worry about needing the toilet so much, you know, like... It's never going to happen. You're never going to not make it. I can say to them, well, actually, I have IBS and so it, it can happen. Um, not that that's a conversation I have. I've never had that conversation with anyone. <laughs> because that would kind of, in a way, just be defending, defending my position. And I, I don't really feel the need to do that. But yeah, anyway, that was long-winded. <laughs> so my toilet anxiety, my toilet anxiety story starts around the same time as my anxiety story but I do want to point out that early on in my teenage years I never dealt with toilet anxiety I never worried about needing to go to the toilet um, I didn't have IBS back then either I think I, I like did a poo once a week and I know for some people that's not normal but for me that was normal for you know my whole life up until I was about 20 so it just, it was not something I thought about unless I needed to go. And then I just went and didn't think any more about it. And even if I had, um, you know, like a stomach flu or something and had experiences of diarrhea or, or like digestive issues, it still didn't worry me at all. It just, it was what it was. And then it wasn't, you know, um, but then there's a couple of things that happened around my early twenties, which kind of created sort of the perfect storm, I guess. Um, and the first one that I can remember was that I was working at a coffee shop. Um, I'd worked at this coffee shop for years and it was in a shopping center. Um, and I was walking to the bathroom one day. So like the public bathrooms in the shopping center. And I noticed that there was poop on the floor. <laughs> and I remember looking at it and thinking, oh my God, like someone's shit on the floor. Who's, who has done that? And I was horrified. Um, and I kept, as I was walking, I kept seeing these little piles of it and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I just, I mean, if I saw that now, I probably wouldn't be as horrified because I am, you know, in my mid thirties and a parent. So it doesn't much, doesn't phase me as much seeing feces, <laughs> but at the time I was about 19 or so or 20 and it just, I was like, what the hell? And then I looked up and there was this very elderly woman in front of me um, with her husband by her side, holding her arm tightly. And she had obviously had an accident and she was walking so slowly to the toilet. And um, I just remember my heart breaking and thinking, oh my God. And again, if I saw this now, it wouldn't affect me and I would probably just offer to help. But at the time, I remember feeling such a strong contrast of emotions. 
I remember feeling horrified for her and horrified that there was, you know, shit on the ground, but also just absolutely heartbroken and destroyed by how awful that must be for her and also the love that her husband had and how they were sort of there for each other and it just it doesn't seem like something significant but at the time it really rattled me in this strange way and then the next thing that happened was that um, I went on holidays with a friend we went overseas and um, we both really needed to wee one day we had just come off a train we really needed to pee and we were in the city trying to find toilets um, we were in Hong Kong and in Hong Kong it is quite hard to find a toilet to tell you the truth <laughs> a public toilet um, especially when you're in a country where you can't speak the language it's hard to um, to communicate that you would like to find a public toilet um, so we were rushing around the city trying to find a toilet and it came really close like I very nearly peed myself and it was the first time that I remember feeling a sense of real panic about not being able to make it to the toilet in time I had never felt that prior to that day um, even though I'd, I'd obviously had times where I really needed to pee and it was cl a close call getting there um, but yeah just for some reason that day I just remember feeling terrified that we weren't going to make it to a toilet in time but we did in the end um, and it was the best way of my life uh, <laughs> and then after that I changed jobs um, and when I'd been working at the coffee shop I had been working very close to home for years it was like a five ten minute drive from home I knew everyone at the shopping center um, it just was super familiar to me but I got this new job at a clothing store um, which was about 40 minutes away at a different shopping center and it was one I'd never been to before and I'd never driven to before either and I had only newly got my license I got my license when I was 21 um, and I was a really terrible driver to tell you the truth I mean you're supposed to do 120 hours of practice driving before you get your license I had probably only done about nine in total and I you know none of that was driving on a freeway or parking or anything like that it was literally just driving on straight roads <laughs> and uh, yeah when I when it came to driving I, I honestly wasn't confident and I didn't know what I was doing um, but so I needed to drive about 40 minutes away I needed to drive on a busy freeway through a tunnel um, and in a in a suburb that I wasn't familiar with and I, this was back when I used to smoke a lot, like a pack a day, and I also used to drink a lot of coffee. Um, I'm talking like espressos, like multiple espressos a day. And so I would wake up in the morning, I would chain like four cigarettes before leaving the house. I would have a coffee and then I would get in the car and drive to work and it would be this like wheel gripping drive where I was just terrified. And... It's funny looking back on it now I can see of course that would have caused a lot of stress but at the time I was like why is this you know why am I so anxious right now um, it's just a stressful drive like it shouldn't be making me feel anxious but now when I think about it I can absolutely see how that would have caused um, some digestive issues and anxiety issues uh, but so it was every morning that I was driving to work and I was just white knuckling my way there and then 
the clothing store itself was very, very big. Um, it had two really big entrances and there were a lot of shifts where I was just going to be working on my own because I was a supervisor. And I remember saying to my boss when she was explaining to me, you know, what my responsibilities were and that I'd be working on my own for like four hours at a time. Um, I said to her, so what do I do if I need to go to the bathroom? Not that back then it worried me, but I just asked out of curiosity. And she said, oh, well, she's like, you kind of need to wait for the store to be totally empty. And then you quickly have to close the doors, ring the area manager, let him know that you're going to rush to the toilet, um, quickly rush to the toilet as fast as you can, rush straight back, unlock the doors and then ring the area manager again and let him know that you're back. Um, and then, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of work. And she's kind of like, yeah, it's sort of best if you just wait until like the next person comes in because it's like a lot of hassle trying to close the store. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, noted. Um, but so, of course, you combine this early morning drive to work that is full of stress, full of caffeine, full of nicotine. <laughs> so lots of chemicals swirling around in my body, lots of stress and anxiety swirling around in my body. And then I get to work and for the first time in my life, the um, opportunity of going to the toilet whenever I need to go is taken away from me. And again, this is something that you wouldn't think is such a big deal, but it really affected me. It's kind of like putting someone on a restrictive diet. Straight away, they want the food that they're not allowed to have. And with me, it was like, as soon as you took away the toilet, I needed the toilet. Um, and so... I would start trying to not drink before work. Um, I would I would spend a lot of time focusing on like, do I need to go to the toilet right now? Trying to like wee it all out before my workday started um, and constantly scanning my body for like, do I need to go to the toilet? I have to hold on, um, you know, just a lot of a lot of stress in in that whole area. And then what started to happen was I started to experience my first uh, inklings of IBS. Leave it, Tig. Leave it. <laughs> he saw IBS and he got all <laughs> intense. Um, I started to have diarrhea pretty frequently. So I would um, get in the car. I would you know, leave home, get in the car to go to work, and I would suddenly be overcome with the urgency to go to the toilet. And so in some cases I would be close enough to home to drive back home and I would sit on the toilet and have diarrhea and then I would drive to work as quickly and as stressfully as I could and then I would get there and I would need to go to the toilet again and it was just like I, I just suddenly my bowels were just controlling my life and this had never happened to me before and it was very stressful especially given that I then had to work in a store where I wasn't allowed to go to the toilet and I remember one day in particular that sticks out in my mind and I was, um, I was working, I had been there for like an hour and a half already, I'd had diarrhea already that morning and um, this young, two young girls came in with their parents um, and they were shopping and I remember thinking, I need to go to the toilet right now. And I was like, just ignore it. Like, they'll leave soon. Just don't worry about it. But then I got this cold sweat, which obviously I now know is the beginnings of a panic attack. But back then I didn't know what the fuck it was. 
and um, it was like my whole body shut down but it was also excruciatingly alive in that moment and I just I felt like I was crawling out of my skin and I knew that I needed to go to the toilet now <laughs> right now and so I actually went up to the mum her daughter was in the change room and I said to her, hey, I'm so sorry, but I, I really need to go to the bathroom. I have to close the store. And she looked at me really kindly and she was like, oh, OK, no problem. No worries. And then there was this awkward, weird moment where she just kind of stood there and they didn't make any kind of move. And I'm like, I need to go to the toilet now. <laughs> and then her face changed and she kind of looked really pissed off. And she said quite loudly to her daughter in the change room, I can't remember what her name was, but let's just say it was Sienna. She's like, Sienna, you need to come out of that change room right now because this lady needs to go to the bathroom. And then Sienna was like, now? And the mum's like, yes, now. <laughs> I don't know why her voice just got all posh, but I just remember burning with shame in that moment, absolutely burning with shame and feeling so humiliated and so small and like I had just done the total wrong thing. Um, so anyway, they left the store. I quickly shut the doors. I did not call the area manager because there was no time. I ran to the toilet and I just sat in there burning and just sweating and just feeling like the worst person alive and I I I didn't understand why I didn't have control and then that was when things started to get quite bad and there would be days where I would go to the toilet flush stand up and then go again flush stand up and then go again and it was like as soon as I left the bathroom cubicle I was overcome by panic um, I remember one day walking out of the bathroom hallway because the toilets were down this, they were staff toilets and they were down this sort of eerie concrete hallway and I had just left the staff toilets and I was walking up the hallway and um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Copycat with Sigourney Weaver where they, she's agoraphobic and it, it's like, I always watch it and think like that's a bit um, sensationalised because there's this scene where like she has to cling to the wall because she just she can't cope with the outside world and it was honestly like that for me in that moment it was like my body shut down with every step I took and I I suddenly was like oh my god and I grabbed the wall and I turned around and I shuttled back to the toilet as quick as I could because that was the only place where I felt safe conversely though it was also the only place where I felt completely trapped because I just couldn't seem to get out of there um, so around this time, I started taking a lot of Imodium to try and control my bowels while I was at work. Um, like I said, I was constantly scanning my body for, do I need to go to the toilet? I was constantly having diarrhea and cramps and, and, um, pain and all that kind of thing. And I started going to the doctor and saying, there's something wrong with my bowels, um, I didn't talk about the fear of needing to go to the toilet because I was so ashamed about that. But what I did say to them was, I, I am constantly having diarrhea. There's something going on. So I started doing um, different diets and, you know, cutting out gluten and doing blood tests and those kind of invasive things. Uh, I felt a little bit better 
from cutting out gluten. I felt a little bit better from using probiotics. Like there were things that sort of seemed to help, but then ultimately I was still under this intense stress of constantly thinking about needing the bathroom and it really, really starting to impact my life. Um, but then I, I had booked this backpacking trip with my boyfriend at the time and there was no way I was not going. <laughs> I was determined to go. Um, and so we'd booked this backpacking trip and he, had, he was going to start it without me because um, he was going to travel for like two months or something like that. And I was just going to meet him for the last four weeks. Um, so he left and I was living on my own for a bit. And then I um, flew to Thailand. I can't remember. I think Thailand. I flew there on my own um, and I was actually really wonderful on the flight there on my own. I was worried about how I was going to go, but I was, um, I was great. <laughs> I did really well. I surprised myself um, and we even have a, had a stopover in um, Brunei uh, and yeah, I still, I was okay. And I'd lost a lot of weight at this point as well. Um, and I, I liked to tell myself that it was because I was trying to get shredded for Thailand and I was trying to get like this Thailand bikini body, but it was also just the absolute stress that I was going through, um, and trying to not eat so that I wouldn't need to poo. Um, and yeah, so I'd lost a lot of weight and we got, I got there and had a, you know, had a happy night with my boyfriend. We were excited to see each other. He was like, I can't believe how different you look and how much weight you've lost. And then the next day, it was like all my confidence just shattered because suddenly I could not leave the hotel room. I, I needed the bathroom urgently again. Um, and then the whole trip, so we were backpacking around. We went to lots and lots of different places. We were staying at different hostels every night and it wasn't like these places were booked in advance. Like we were just sort of winging it and trying to find somewhere on the day to stay that night. And it became really impossible for us to move around because the more we moved around, the more sick I got and the more scared I got. And still at this point, we didn't think it was anxiety. We thought it was something to do with my stomach because that's how it seemed to manifest. It seemed to be that I always needed the bathroom um, and, and I always had diarrhea. Um, and so my panic attacks got so bad over there. So, so, so bad. In saying that, didn't know they were panic attacks. <laughs> Thought they were IBS attacks. But yeah, it got so bad. And I remember um, the drive to the airport from the last place that we stayed, it was about a 45, no, actually it was probably like an hour and a half drive. Um, Cause we were staying in this remote part of wherever we were and the airport was ages away. And so the only way that we could get to the airport was there was this, um, it was called a shuttle bus, <laughs> but really it was a ute. <laughs> Uh, it was this shuttle bus that went around to the different hotels and picked lots of people up and then drove on to the airport. And we were literally sitting in the back tray of this beat up ute. <laughs> and so it picked us up first. And then it went around to all these other hostels and hotels and resorts and picked people up. 
and then started the drive to the airport. And by the time we started driving to the airport, we'd already been in the back of that ute for what seemed like forever. And I had taken Imodium, but it just, you know, Imodium doesn't stop the panic. <laughs> and so I started to get really stressed out, stressed out about needing to go to the bathroom. And I remember like just trying to hold on, just trying to hold on. Spent so long just sweating and worrying and fighting with myself and just with so much tension in my body. And then there was this um, stop that was about 20 minutes before the airport, I want to say, where we actually dropped a couple off at a different resort. I don't know why. Um, but so they were just supposed to get out of the car, get out of their tray of the ute, I should say, grab their bags and just go. And then we were going to go. But as soon as they got out, I was like, I'm so sorry, I have to go to the bathroom right now. And I actually remember holding my stomach at the time and trying to kind of pretend that I was pregnant because maybe if people thought that I was pregnant, they would be like, oh, of course she needs to go to the bathroom. This was how much I thought about this stuff. And anyway, so I ran inside and I used the bathroom at the resort and I remember just not being able to leave. I was sitting on that toilet and I just couldn't get up off the toilet. I could not get back in that ute. And I was burning and itching because I remember thinking, oh my God, these people are probably thinking, what the fuck is this girl doing? Why is she taking so long? We're going to miss our flight. Um, you know, just knowing that there were all these people waiting for me and I could not leave. And I'm like, how long have I been sitting here? Like, I just, I, again, I felt so humiliated and so ashamed and I don't know how long it was, but eventually I went back to the ute and I remember people looking at me with their eyes just so wide, like, fuck you. <laughs> and I was just trying not to look at people and I got back in the car and my boyfriend's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, I'll tell you later. Um, I just, I was just humiliated. We got to the airport and then I just fell apart. I cried the whole way home. I lost my mind at the stopover. I begged, begged the airline to let me sit in the seat closest to the toilet. I said I was really sick. Um, they would not change my seat. I just, I have never been so distressed in my life trying to explain to people that I needed to be close to the toilet and people just not quite understanding <laughs> And me being like, well, how am I going to live like this? How am I going to live needing to be chained to the toilet? Um, and then when we got back to Melbourne, I had the worst panic attack I'd ever had. Um, and like I lost feeling in my legs. And, and that was when I got rushed to the emergency room because we thought that I'd had like some kind of parasite or something. I thought there was something physically very, very, very wrong. <clears throat> Turns out, of course, there was nothing wrong. <laughs> there was nothing wrong. I was fine. Um, I just was having very bad anxiety, but didn't realize it yet. But anyway, they um, referred me to go get a colonoscopy um, at my request because I was like, there's something wrong with my bowels. You need to find out what it is. I can't live like this anymore. So they referred me to go get a colonoscopy and um, that was awful. <laughs> That was awful. The actual colonoscopy itself was fine because I was, I was under anesthetic. But the prep for the colonoscopy is that you have to drink this really disgusting laxative type drink, which makes you shit liquid for about 24 hours. 
And given how much I'd become terrified of needing the toilet, having a drink that makes you need to go to the toilet constantly just was oh, agony, absolute agony. After I had the colonoscopy, um, I was confident that they were going to find something because there had to be something, right? There had to be something. My life had changed so much. They were going to find it. Of course, they found nothing. They said, there's nothing wrong with your bowels. You're fine. So I got diagnosed with IBS. Finally, I got a diagnosis though, but IBS was kind of seemed to be like, they were like, look, we don't know what it is. We can't find anything wrong with you. So we're just going to say that it's IBS because that kind of covers it. And I'm like, fuck, okay. Uh, so that, that was that, but then this is where my anxiety and my toilet anxiety started to really intersect. And because the only answer I'd received was it's IBS, but there was no real particular way to cure IBS. Um, and so I started to lose trust in my ability to know when I needed the toilet. Um, it just seemed like I always needed to poo <laughs> it just yeah it seemed like that was always the case for me I was always gonna have diarrhea I would never know when it was gonna um, hit me and it was generally though always before I went to leave the house that was when it seemed to be at its worst and when I was in a car whenever I was away from a toilet um, diarrhea would just um, hit me and I was also really obsessed with bladder urgency, um, really obsessed with the idea of I need to pee. What if I can't pee in time? And I have to say, I think I was so um, both disconnected and overconnected to my lower half. So I was constantly scanning my bladder and my bowels. Do I need to go? Do I need to go? Do I need to go? But then also trying so hard to control them and ignore them that I became really disconnected from real internal cues and I thought that everything was a cue that I needed to go to the bathroom so there was this real um yeah like I said a real disconnect but then a real overbearingness of me concentrating so much on my bladder and my bowels and I know that it was a disconnect because half the time I didn't even know if I needed to pee or I needed to poop all I knew was that there was something that was going to happen. There was something bad that was going to happen. I was going to lose control in some way or another. Um, and yeah. And so it was around this time that I went to the doctor um, crying and saying, I'm dying. What's wrong with me? And then I got diagnosed with agoraphobia, panic disorder, anxiety. Um, and I guess that was when the whole focus shifted to it being panic and anxiety rather than um, something wrong with my bladder and bowels. The thing was though, when it came to my recovery from agoraphobia, part of the reason that it took me so long to start trying exposure therapy, because I was I would read these books about, um, you know, doing exposure therapy and people would say, I know it feels like you're gonna die when you have a panic attack, but you're not going to die. No one's ever died from one. But in my head, I'd be sitting there thinking, why aren't you talking about having an accident? Like, I'm not scared that I'm going to die. That, that doesn't freak me out. What I'm scared of is that I'm going to crap my pants or wee myself and I'm going to be humiliated. And so to me, that 
that reassurance of you're not going to die, you're not going to faint. I didn't care about that. (laughs) I was like, tell me that I'm not going to crap myself and then I'll try exposure therapy. And I became really obsessed with it. Um, And yeah, it was just like every time I tried to leave the house, I would need to sit on the toilet about 20 times before even trying to get out the door. And then as soon as I left the door, as soon as I got in the car, I would need to go to the toilet again. And so it just, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to die, but I'm definitely going to crap myself. Um, and that's why it was so hard for me for so long to, to try and overcome that. So the, that was a huge intersection between my toilet anxiety and my anxiety, anxiety, <laughs> um, and, and part of the reason why I was so scared of having a panic attack, because for me, a panic attack meant that I was going to lose control of my bladder or bowels. Um, and then when I was pregnant with Lila, which was about two years into my, my anxiety journey, but about four and a half years into my toilet anxiety journey, um, obviously I found that very, very difficult because I had had such an over-focus on my body and its sensations, throw a big baby in there and it just became explosive for me. And I remember when I was in the last trimester of my pregnancy, I just needed to pee all the time. And um, I got admitted to a psych ward because I had, um, that's another story, I had really bad depression and anxiety during my pregnancy. But Um, you know, I would go to the, um, classes when I was in the psychiatric unit, they would run these like mindfulness classes and things like that, CBT type classes that we had to go to. And I would go to the class, I would pee before I went, but then I would have been sitting in there for two minutes and I would need to leave to wee again. Um, and it just, I can't quite explain how much my life was ruled by being in the toilet. I think in that four years, I spent more time in the toilet than I did anywhere else. And even when I had my cesarean with Lila, um, I hadn't been allowed to drink anything all day. So she was delivered at about 7 p.m. They told me from about 7 a.m. that I wasn't allowed to drink anything. And so there was no liquid in my bowels. (laughs) I mean, in my bladder. (laughs) I hope there wasn't in my bowels. But yeah, so when I finally was going to have my Caesar, they wheeled me up to theater. And I remember thinking in the lift, I'm going to pee myself. And I actually got so distressed that I said it to my midwife. I was like, hey, I really need to pee. And she's like, sweetheart, you do not need to wee. I promise you. And I'm like, I do. I really do. And I was like, why won't they listen to me? And she's like, trust me, (laughs) you don't need to go. And... I just remember feeling so desperate about it. And part of the thing that I I remember the most distinctly from being on the operating table was thinking, I'm going to pee myself. I'm going to pee myself in front of all these people. And that was the thought I was so obsessed with, not I'm going to see my daughter in, you know, a couple of minutes. (laughs) It was just, I'm going to pee. So it, it was all over me all the time, all of the time. Um, in saying that, though, 
I don't want to put anyone off pregnancy if they happen to have toilet anxiety because as you guys might know I am in my third trimester now with my second pregnancy and my experience has been totally different I am not worried about needing the toilet um, you know even though I, I have a lot of pressure on my bladder and I do need to wee a lot it's just not a big deal and it, I certainly don't need to wee as much as I did back then um, yeah it's just it's not an issue for me now whereas back then it was horrendous uh, and I'm trying to think of where I went from there I guess it was when I started doing exposure therapy for my agoraphobia that I finally started to challenge my toilet anxiety um, and so you know I would take myself for walks and I would see how far I could get out of the house just like how I recovered from agoraphobia basically but in doing that I was also seeing how long I could go without going to the toilet and I used to wear pads um, just in case I weed myself I used to have sweaters tied around my waist all the time in case I shit myself and, and that way um, you know I would at least be able to sort of cover it I used to take more items out in the pram for me than for Lila um, because you know I needed extra pads I needed baby wipes I needed a towel I needed a spare change of pants uh, I had this emergency kit full of stuff that I might need if I had an accident um, but yeah it was it was the more that I challenged the agoraphobia the more that I challenged my toilet anxiety and slowly I got better with both <laughs> um, and then when I started going back to work like this is you know obviously quite far into my exposure therapy healing process um, when I started going back to work I worked in a job where I had access to the toilet all the time I work in a department store and obviously because there's so many people um, working at any one time it's like if you need to go to the toilet you just go um, I'm not on my own at a big store so it doesn't matter and that helped me a lot because I realized I would do I would do five or six hour shifts and sometimes I wouldn't even need to go to the toilet at all which kind of pointed out to me that I hadn't been drinking enough water but you know I, I realized that when I wasn't so focused on it I actually didn't need the toilet as much as I thought I did and I started doing things like yoga and um, started going to boot camps and I started doing physical things that um, not only did I strengthen my connection with my body which was so important so important not just for anxiety but for toilet anxiety as well but I also would have these periods of time where I went without needing the bathroom and without even really thinking about needing the bathroom and so it really proved to me that it was it was not that I needed the bathroom all the time it was that I kept asking myself do I need the bathroom um, you guys know I've said before if you're looking for it you'll find it <laughs> and it was that case for me when I was constantly searching my body for a need to wee or a need to poo I came up with a need to wee or a need to poo but when I was focused on something else um, when I was busy when I was enjoying myself I wasn't obsessing so much about it um, and that was that was when I really started to get a lot a lot better with my toilet anxiety and also because my anxiety started to improve my IBS also started to improve 
that's not to say though that I don't have flares um you know there would be times where I would be going through something stressful um maybe Lila had Lila was going through like a sleep regression or whatever and, and wasn't sleeping well and so I wasn't sleeping well and my IBS would flare and I would have mornings where I would be chained to the toilet because I just constantly needed to poo <laughs> and so it, it it was learning the balance between both it was dealing with an actual digestive disorder and knowing that sometimes I was going to need the bathroom and sometimes I was not going to be normal in that way but also recognizing that a lot of it was just me perpetuating it and the more that I did that the worse that it got um, so there was a whole lot of like just having to accept that sometimes it was going to be bad but also having to learn when I did have or where I did have control and where I needed to say no you know now I'm getting too obsessive about it and now I need to focus on something else um, which wasn't easy it sounds easy to talk about but it wasn't easy to do and I honestly one of the things that helped me the most was yoga um, and and gaining a deeper connection to my body that helped enormously I can't go on about that enough um, yin yoga is my favorite favorite type of yoga to do and that helped me a lot in learning how to deal with discomfort and learning how to deal with um, sensations in the body because prior to starting in yoga it was like every sensation in my body used to trigger me and make me think I'm gonna poo I'm gonna poo myself right now <laughs> but then in, in yin I learned that that's not what every sensation means um, yeah so I, I, I guess I've spoken quite a few times on um, on YouTube and things like that in regards to toilet anxiety and, and things that have helped me um, you know the whole thought of if this is going to happen today it's going to happen today that kind of thing has helped um, and just kind of releasing control and st stopping myself from trying to stopping myself from trying to block shame and humiliation and realizing that in my fear of toilet anxiety in my fear of not being able to make it to the toilet in time what I'm actually scared of is feeling shame and feeling humiliated. I'm not actually scared of having an accident um, because I, I have I have actually um, I'm trying not to say shit my pants so much because I've become aware that I say it a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I have in 2020 had um, a really bad case of stomach flu and didn't make it to the toilet in time. Um, so did sort of have an explosive diarrhea situation in my pants, <laughs> which wasn't great. But also it, it taught me that that's not what I'm scared of, because when that happened, it didn't change the fear at all. It wasn't like my fear suddenly got so much worse or suddenly got so much better. I still had that same fear because that that wasn't the fear, even though I thought that was the thing that I was so afraid of. It wasn't. What I was so afraid of was feeling ashamed and feeling humiliated and feeling like I'm not enough. Um, and that was the feeling that I was trying so hard to control. And when I realized that, when I finally realized that, it um, helped 
enormously with my toilet anxiety because I was able to to say to myself if you actually have an accident right now if you really need to go to the toilet and you for some reason cannot make it and you have an accident the world will keep spinning life will go on like if that's going to happen today then that's going to happen today and just let that be all right Um, because that's not the worst thing and I'm able to do that now for the most part (laughs) Um, you know I'm able to really challenge those thoughts in my brain for example I'll be sitting in a car and I'll have a thought of like I need to poop and then my brain will start churning with like What if I don't make it? What if it's diarrhea? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if everyone sees? What if they laugh? And I'm able to say, okay, well, let's just see what happens. Let's see if it is diarrhea or let's just see if it's just a random thought in your head. Um, Like, and I I think a part of that also was just tiredness. (laughs) Like I had spent so many years worrying about it. And so a part of me was just exhausted. And a part of me was like, okay, I give up. Like, if if you're going to poo, you're going to poo. Can we please just stop thinking about it so much? Like, let's just let's just keep driving. Let's see what happens. If you poo, well, I guess you were right and you needed to poo. And if you don't, then I guess you were wrong and you don't need to go. And ten times out of ten times, I don't need to go. <laughs> so, um, apart from that one time when I was sick. But, hey, I was sick. Uh... So yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey for me of learning how to relinquish control, but also learning how to um, soothe myself and nurture myself and allow myself the space to feel scared without berating myself for feeling scared. Um, that's been a huge one. And I have to say the other biggest thing about toilet anxiety was... When I filmed that toilet anxiety video, that first video, and put it on YouTube, thinking, oh my God, am I really going to be the person who puts a video on YouTube of me talking about the fear of needing the toilet? And so to kind of, to dull it down a bit, to make it less embarrassing, I didn't talk so much about the fear of needing to poo. I just mostly spoke about the fear of needing to wee because that felt less embarrassing. Um... But then the response I got from people saying, this is me, this is exactly what I go through. Um, You know, how do I fix this? I thought I was the only one, no one talks about this. And I felt kind of vindicated. I was like, oh my God, like no one is talking about this, but people do go through it. It's not just me. I'm not a freak. I'm not a weirdo. And then it's kind of spurred me on to start dipping my toe in the water and talking about it a bit more openly. And then I made the second toilet anxiety video And I will say there was a lot of me that felt scared, especially because between the first toilet anxiety video and the second toilet anxiety video, my relationship fell apart. I started dating again and I did not want someone dating me to somehow come across me on YouTube talking about the fear of needing a toilet. I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Um, So I was very careful about what I said and how much I said but then you know Anthony has just been such a huge support to me and um, it's been a lesson for me in letting go but he has been just so upfront and so um, just accepting of everything so I felt I finally felt safe to say okay this is a part of who I am 
or a part of who I've been. This is one of my big fears and let's open this fear up for everyone to see because maybe other people with the same fear won't feel so alone. And I have connected with the most beautiful people over this. Um, Patrick Donovan, Alex um, Ferrer. I'm going to butcher his last name. Ferreira? Ferrer? I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> um, but these people I've spoken to on my podcast, um, M. Hanley as well. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but there have just been these amazing beautiful unique precious souls that i have met and um developed oh holly as well how could i forget developed this connection with over this fear um and i wouldn't have met those people had it not been for me being open about the way that i felt and so talking about toilet anxiety being totally open about it um, really putting those fears out for everyone to see has been so helpful and changed my life in a lot of ways. And I am I'm so grateful for that because, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't have made those connections otherwise. And I am also so grateful that I get the opportunity to talk about it. Um, I hope that it can be something that I bring more awareness to. Even though sometimes it's really hard for me to bring awareness to it because I don't want to be the person who constantly talks about the fear of needing to poo. Because, you know, especially for where I am in my life now, it doesn't really affect me that much. Sometimes it does if I'm in a bad place. I know last year when the COVID-19 pandemic really, like when Melbourne was in lockdown for fucking ages, it really affected me. Um... Actually, no, it was 2020, not 2021. I'm confused about what year it is. (laughs) When it was 2020 and I started to struggle to leave the house again because we'd been in lockdown for so long, my toilet anxiety came back um, and I started having all those same fears again. So it does still affect me, but for the most part these days, it, it doesn't play a role in my life. I travel, I work, I, um, I'm in the car constantly and it just isn't such a big deal. So it's, Sometimes I find myself thinking, why am I still talking about this? Like, I'm tired of talking about this. I don't want to be the person who's always talking about this. But then on the flip side of that, I know that when I was going through it, I was desperate to find someone who was going to be honest about it. I was desperate to not feel so alone. I was desperate to know that there was a way through. Um, And so that's why I keep talking about it because I know that it's important to do that um, on some level at least. So that's my toilet anxiety story in its entirety, really. (laughs) Um, I hope that that was helpful in some way Um, and at least just maybe interesting because, yeah, like I said, I've never shared that whole thing Um, and I hope that the video works well as well (laughs) because... To be honest, you know, usually when I'm filming a YouTube video, I'm actually looking at the camera. But I think this time I've been looking down and around and just kind of trying to let the words flow. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, In saying that, I have not got another guest lined up for the podcast. I've been so slack lately. Um, I'm going to blame it on pregnancy brain. But, uh, yeah, 
I've just been kind of like, you know, things will just come to me. I don't need to chase them. But I am putting a call out. If you would like to be on the podcast, I would love to have you. I would love to hear your anxiety story. Um, it doesn't have to be toilet anxiety. It doesn't have to be uh, agoraphobia. You know, any any anxiety story. There is going to be somebody out there who relates to your story. And I would love to be able to foster that connection. Um, and I recently did a podcast myself. I was a podcast guest on the Interview podcast by Fern Lulham. Uh, and... It was terrifying. So I can totally understand that being a guest on a podcast about anxiety, talking about your anxiety can be a fear provoking thing. Um, but I promise I am very gentle and <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, given everything I've just spoken about on this episode, I think you know that there is absolutely no judgment from me. So yeah, if you would like to be on the podcast, please get in touch. You can get in touch with me via Instagram, YouTube, email. I am at hello at imlaurenrose.com. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at laurenr underscore rose. I don't know my YouTube channel name, but <laughs> I'll link it anyway in the show description. Um, I hope you're all having a really lovely start to 2022, even though it's, you know, kind of apocalyptic in the world right now. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad as always to be walking this earth with all of you. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.